This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're discussing Season 4, Episode 13, entitled Alone. One of my favorites of the fourth season. The fourth, the second half of the fourth season, I guess. It's pretty good. A strong episode. Um, I really like the, uh, I guess, group theme here. The not alone theme. How everything works better in the zombie apocalypse when you are not alone. That is kind of what everybody is struggling with. Yeah, Some you, people want to be alone. Others don't. It's it's very mixed bag here. You don't split the party. You never split the party. Yeah. Bad That's idea. a horror trope. Yeah. Uh, and they, they take good advantage of that here. Uh, do we have anything to talk about before we get into the recap? Uh, just because I got a lot of people uh, asking me. Uh, the Walker Stalker Con Chicago version meetup is at the Red Barn Lounge at 6 p.m. on Saturday the 15th. Okay. So if you're going to the Walker Soccer Con, please stop by the Red Bar and Lounge. It's actually in the official um, hotel's uh, lounge mm-hmm. or bar area, whatever the hell you call it, uh, which is just you know attached practically to the convention center. Um, it's very easy walk at any, at any rate. Um, should be nice weather, so uh, stop on by, shake our hand. Punch us in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, probably a bad idea in Chicago. <laughs> Fucking communist! I'll put you in jail for something like that. There, you get a crossbow to your head at Walker Stock. Crossbow to your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, come by and say hi. Also, uh, just personally, something exciting. I got invited by Jason from the uh, Walking Dead cast uh, to co-moderate the panel for Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Brienne of Tarth of Game of Thrones fame. On yeah, that's Sunday. Cool. That's super cool. I'm very excited. Uh, if you got any questions in mind, uh, pop over on Facebook.com slash baldmove and uh, send them to me. I got a thread on that. Or you can email me uh, at uh, a.ron at baldmove.com or probably nightswatch at baldmove.com. <laughs> they all go all to right. the same damn place. I yeah. mean, it's a little the, the little secret that we have. <laughs> Not so well kept now. <laughs> all right. Anything else? I think that's it. Hope to see you all there. Perfect. Let's get into the recap. We start off this week with a montage of Bob walking through the woods, wandering the woods of Georgia alone and depressed until he finally runs into Daryl and Glenn. Uh, a lot of good shots here. I really like the idea, first and foremost, of sleeping on top of a truck. That's brilliant, right? I mean, People can't see you, let alone walkers getting to you. Sure. That's a great place to sleep. Uh, especially if you have a roll of toilet paper. I mean, you are <laughs> set. You just take a shit right off the side. Exactly. You're good to go. You could probably scrape, if you're flexible enough, you could scrape it off on the edge. <laughs> uh, kind of like, you know, scraping a boot to get the mud off. Uh, yeah, we're going to start the podcast like this? That's exactly how we're going to start. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, practical survival-oriented suggestions. Yes. 
I feel uh, bad. I'm like three weeks behind on the survival guides. But speaking of, do you want to promote anything of your practical suggestions? No. No? I'm not ready. Oh, okay. okay. So I wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not ready for publishing, but the first draft is out. It's in Jim and a couple other personal friends' hands to do proofreading. It's a season one. Um, it's a it's a season one episode guide and survival guide mm-hmm. for The Walking Dead. That's this kind of secret project I've been working on. Why I've been rewatching season one a lot. Um, I'm hoping to have it out in the next couple weeks. On uh, it's going to be an ebook format. Probably get it on Amazon. Uh, definitely can buy it in our. Uh, Soon to be finished, bald move, uh, shopping cart area. What do you call that? E-commerce area, <laughs> merch store, I merch don't know. store. Um, so yeah, it's uh, um, it's going to be price to move. I would say I'm, okay, a hundred dollars a copy. That's I'm, a pretty I'm, good price. I'm targeting a buck a copy. <laughs> okay, and if it sells well, then I'm going to go do season two and so on, and they'll probably be three dollars because season mm-hmm. one is only six episodes. You forget sure. it's a short one. So if, if and tell you, it to the frogs isn't really an episode. <laughs> yeah, I skipped it. In fact, there's no even no coverage. It's just like moving on. Uh-huh. You know, it's funny because I actually think that's got a terrible title and it's got a terrible line by Lori. Uh-huh. But I think you're confusing that for the episode, the Vatos episode. No, you're totally right. I am. It, tell it to the frogs has just become an inside joke with us. Because it's funny when I was watching, I'm like, this episode's not really bad. Uh-huh. And then I got the Vatos. I'm like, this episode is terrible. <laughs> so I think we've we've just conflated. The, the hideousness of Lori's tell to the frogs line has contaminated it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about the first scene. Oh, yes. Uh, which I really like the music uh, that they play. Lawrence Gilliard Jr.'s looks so much more badass with a, uh, a, like a bushy goatee. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. It was pretty ratty looking. That's what I'm saying. It was like... Okay. He had the black man's goatee. Uh-huh. Like, it was, it was, it, I can't grow it. My, my, my hair grows, my beard hair grows weirdly straight. I can't grow one at all. So. No, right, right. Yeah. But he had, it's not, it's not patchy so much as it was just, uh, uh, you know, kind of bushy. Okay. Um, and he also had the machete slung over his the shoulder. The machete slung over his shoulder was working for him. Everything about his, uh, if I was going to buy a Bob Stuckey action figure, I'd want the alone version. Without the goofy grin on his face. I'd want, you know, with yeah. the machete slung over one shoulder, the bottle of NyQuil quill in another hand. <laughs> um, and maybe be able to swap his face after one with tears running down. Because he, he mm-hmm. seems like he might have cried himself to sleep a couple nights. Oh, yeah. I assume so. Uh, every night there wasn't a walker trying to eat him. He was crying. I don't think there's enough NyQuil in the world to quiet down a walker no. that's outside a drainage ditch that you're just holding out with a couple of sticks. Yeah, I couldn't go to sleep. No. So, I, I don't know. I wonder, it's got to be pretty far into uh, the outbreak because he meets up with Daryl and Glenn, like I said, uh, and they ask him the questions, mm-hmm. which was cool to see those coming back because yeah. we only really saw them one time uh, a season ago. And well, put they a fact, him, Rick got him through a, deli- a delirious vision over the phone. So this uh-huh. is the third time we've seen him. Okay, yeah. I guess we've only seen him ask the yes. questions. Right, them right, ask right. the questions twice. Right. Um, so the first question is, how many walkers have you killed? Uh-huh. Bob's killed at least a dozen. A couple dozen, I think. So. A couple dozen, okay. Uh, which is at least a dozen. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he, they ask him, how many people have you killed? And he says, one. And they ask him why. And he says, because she wanted me to. What do you think of that? Victim blaming the classic she wanted it argument. I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't buy it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm. I'm guessing it's because she got bit. 
Yeah, that, or that was my guess too. Was it like a Jackie slash Andrea situation where mm. they just like you know I can't do this, I can't do this anymore. I've thought about it. This isn't a rash decision. Yeah, I don't want to go on anymore. And there was no Dale around to quote unquote ruin her life. But I'm, I'm guessing it's probably because she either got bit or she got otherwise mortally wounded and she wanted to be put out of her misery. Yeah, I assume so. Um, all right. I mean, there's not too much more to talk about in that first scene. We can move on to the walkers in the fog, which I really, really liked. You didn't like it so much according to the instant cast, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I, there's nothing offensive about it. It's just, okay. It's like, this was this episode's, well, no, not really. It was this episode's, um, B plot zombie set piece. The A plot clearly was uh, Daryl at the mortuary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just like for the I, I don't know I just like for those to go like super gonzo. Um, yeah. The whole grills in the mist is kind of like <laughs> I don't know I'm not going to because people just I don't think people tune in this class to hear me bitch and whine. So, no, a lot of them do. I think. Do they? <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. Why something... do you think your survival guides are so popular? <laughs> something I don't know. I I don't know why I didn't like it. Um. It seemed like it's they were wanting to be arty, mm-hmm. um, and pre- it kind of came off pretentious for a scene to excuse them. But but the, I, I don't yeah. even believe my own bullshit here. <laughs> like I can't defend it. It was just tense. It, it was I, the first fifteen minutes of the episode, and I'm a little yeah, gun shy. Like true. anytime I see something like that, I'm like, oh god. But just put yourself in that situation. You're in the fog. You have no visibility, like a foot in front of your face. And that shit and happens. You hear wa- oh, yeah, it happens. In the Midwest, in the South, in the morning, it can be oh, yeah. fucking soup, let alone in the Northeast. I mean, I know we don't like got this shit locked down on geography, but yeah, yeah f- that kind of fog <laughs> in the middle of a woods and a zombie and apocalypse hearing is hearing walkers around you. Especially since you fog fucks up the, he- the you know, it's kind of like uh, freshly s- snowfall. It kind of does weird things with the sound. Huh. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, well, you need to so. run out in the fog in, a, in, in an early morning. No, I'll do that. Time. Next time it, the next time the fog rolls in, <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> All right. Um, so Bob almost gets bit here, and he claims that the bandage saved him. And a lot of people had a problem with this, including you, I think. Yeah. Remember, this is not like a... A kid's first aid kit, SpongeBob Band-Aid. This is like wrapped up bandages. I'm just, like gauze I'm and... just saying I'd be like, ha ha, that's great. Let's see the wound. Sure, sure. Okay, because question I, it. I agree. Yeah, like I, you know, it's like, oh, you bit you on the bandage. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're alive. Now let's see the wound. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like trust but verify. Yeah, who was the guy in season one who died against Jim. the tree? Jim. Yeah, he wouldn't show his wound to anybody. Yeah, and Jackie, if Jackie were still around, she'd be there to holler, you know, Jim got oh, yeah. bit. Yeah, none Everybody. of these people were around then, so. so. But I'm sure they've dealt with this stuff before. Yes, all of them, every one of them, I know for a fact, yeah. have dealt with this. Because I've seen them deal with it. <laughs> uh, and then, so Maggie is saved by Sasha here, which I think is interesting in this theme of alone. Uh, the fact that she needed Maggie there, or she needed Sasha there to save her, otherwise she'd be dead meat. Right. Well, the other thing is about the the bandage saving you is like I actually wrote something about that in my first book. Oh, okay. because there's a scene in the first season where like a platoon of army, or, you know, army guys or marine guys get overrun and they got full like you know biological warfare suits, and and like the zombie like bites a dude on the shoulder. I don't know if you're familiar with, like, 
battle, you know, the, the standard BDUs, but I would challenge anyone to throw that on like a, a side of ham and try to bite mm-hmm. through it as, as hard as you can. All right. You just can't. I'm sensing a YouTube video. I, I, what I'm saying is <laughs> if these people wore Carhartt shirts mm-hmm. or any kind of like thick denim shirt, yeah, yeah, the zombie bite mortality would go down to zero because the primary zombie bite area seems to be like neck area. Oh, yeah. And sure. and a lot of these idiots are wearing tank tops and T-shirts exposing <laughs> uh-huh. that area. And if you just like, you know, wear yeah. some solid work work. Uh, weight clothing you'd be safe yeah so we've talked about how none of the zombies are wearing short sleeves yeah but all of the survivors it should be the reverse yeah you know it's like i get it's like uh you know anytime anyone gives me shit about wearing uh, all my motorcycle gear in the height Mm. of summer i always say i'd rather sweat than bleed yeah yeah that goes double when you can fucking become an undead with a scratch (laughs) yeah definitely but (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, the other thing that happens in this scene is the Bob, uh, when Sasha goes into hug, he says, ow, 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 and he says, I didn't say to stop, I just said, ow, obviously foreshadowing something that Bob has for Sasha that we never knew about. I mean, this is the first time hearing about it. Yeah, but he's a man, she's a woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Automatic, just boom. What? what? Yes! <laughs> no, yes, it is! On. Why isn't he after Maggie, then? Because Maggie's taken! Uh, he's not an that asshole! That nothing in the zombie apocalypse. Glenn's dead! As far as they know. That, well, that's not, that's not what that's Bob not, believes. That's not right. the gospel of Bob. Hell no. That's true. All right. Uh, let's move on to Daryl and Beth. And okay. the first time we see them this episode, she's learning how to shoot a crossbow, and Daryl's teaching her. Uh, she is tracking walkers. She thinks she's good at it, but she runs <laughs> out into a field and gets caught in a trap. A bear trap. Yeah. A, a small bear trap. Well, I mean, this is a cub trap. This is not full-blown back black yeah. bear trap. Yeah. Because that would have taken so. her foot off. You would think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she tries to shoot the walker. She doesn't do it, and Daryl has to save her. Um, there again, another thing, uh, everyone should wear combat boots or cowboy boots, boots yeah. or, or boots that go up to your calf. Because that's the other primary spot that people get bit is, like, on the fucking ankle when they grab your foot. Yeah. Cover up your neck and your ankles, people. I don't think Glenn's wearing chucks anymore, right? Was He, he was wearing, like, chucks in season one. Like Chuck's and flannel and a hat. Now Last time I saw him, he was wearing full fucking combat armor. Yeah. I, I, appreciate, I, 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 I like his approach there. For sure. Uh, so when Daryl rushes in to save her, right after her saying that, you know, she's getting good at this, I'm not going to need you pretty soon. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, I mean, that's reinforcing once again this theme of how it's better to have people there to help you in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, real good job there, Beth. When you're tracking, <laughs> maybe watch where your feet are going. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's also funny because last episode, the exact same thing happened. Mm. Like, she killed a walker. She said, I'm great. I'm awesome. I don't need you. And then six walkers storm in, and Daryl's got to take control. It's the arrogance of youth. I guess so. Um, I don't know what else I want to say about that. Not much. Let's move on. Uh, Bob, Maggie, and Sasha decide they're going to wait until the fog clears to move on, and their compass is broken. Not much in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob breaks out happy. the survival skills, you know, with the simple observation that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. <laughs> what? We can tell direction without a compass? <laughs> uh, so then Daryl gives Beth a piggyback to the graveyard. And uh, when Beth is reminded by reminded of her father by a tombstone, uh, yeah. she holds Daryl's hand. A mm-hmm. very sweet moment. Uh a sweet moment that follows a pretty horrible moment when Daryl tells her that she's heavier than she looks. <laughs> That's not a nice thing to say to a young girl. Um, well, you know, I think 
Uh, I think Daryl. Well, we got some more. We got some comments on that in the feedback. I'm gonna leave it for that. Okay, sounds good. Um, the other thing that happens here, kind of the important point of this scene, is Daryl talking about the good ones not surviving. Um, and Beth, I think when she sees this tombstone, she's very much thinking of her father and how he just died and he was one of the good ones. And that uh, really hits home there. And Daryl throws a flower up there, which was nice. Uh, and we go to Maggie, Bob, and Sasha again, and they're deciding, hey, we're going to go to Terminus because they see the sign. And Sasha's not happy about it. Um, and it felt to me like she was starting to think her opinion didn't matter in this group. And I think that you had disagreed with me in the instant cast a little bit. Is that true? How so? Or, I, I, I don't know. You just said you weren't sure about it. Um, I wonder if you'd have a chance to... Uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Uh, well, there's a look. Like when they, they talk about how we should take a vote to see where we're going to go. And and when when Bob says we're going to take a vote, he steps to Maggie, like making it very obvious where this vote would be divided. And Sasha's just like, I don't, we don't need a vote. Oh wow! Because I when we were doing Instacast, I thought you were talking about their kiss or something. Um, oh no no. Um, so you know, I mean, that's yeah. When you got a majority of three people, a civil majority of three people, the third person does feel like. But that you know, sometimes you're just yeah. being an asshole. Sometimes you're just <laughs> wrong, true, yeah. and, and your and your option is leave the group or stay at the group and go along with the what the other two people want to do. Yeah. Somehow I always have to explain to my son, you know, if you want to play these kids and they don't want to do the game you want to do, then you can either play by yourself or you can fucking do what they want to do. What do you want me to do? Yeah. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Invade this child group like a foreign army and impose my your will by fiat? Get out of here with that shit, Sasha General, slash my son. General Aaron Bismarck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, but I I don't know. It's kind of a dick move for him in in, in that light. Not very diplomatic. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't really need the gesture there of stepping toward her. Um, there's the other thing that he reveals here that we haven't really talked about since it happened, that Bob heard the message on the car radio, and that <laughs> that was this message. Yeah, and I love how the other people are like, the fuck we just find out about this? Uh-huh. That you heard a message on a radio? Yeah, like, I'm I'm checking the timeline. Did you guys, let's see, what happened after you guys got back? I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of downtime. Not much, <laughs> Not but much, enough for yeah. you to be like, you'll never guess. We heard a fucking radio transmission over the, the it's the first one we've heard in 18 months. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Someone probably would have mentioned something. Um, I feel like Daryl didn't have time to. He got roped into the whole Tyrese thing with Rick and somebody and then, did. I mean, this is I, I ground. This did. is groundbreaking news. Sure, Michonne's not going to say anything. She wasn't saying anything at that point. Right, right, right. <laughs> so anyway, know. so Beth and Daryl then head into the house near the graveyard and discover that it's a funeral home. Uh, and as soon as I saw Daryl walk in and uh, kind of scrape some makeup off, I was like, oh, oh, this is Greg Nicotero's house. Because <laughs> whoever's doing that makeup is a master. Although in reverse, he takes yeah, yeah. He, he takes zombies and turns them into normal people. Well, in his day job, sure, he he, he turns people into zombies. It, at night, he goes and takes the zombies he's created during the day and turns them back into people. That's my theory. Incredible work. This <laughs> this this house is a conundrum in the episode. And how so? Uh, because a lot of things would make sense if this. Tra- if this house was a, a like just a, a honey honey pot uh-huh. something to uh, attract survivors to then prey upon them 
Yeah. Um, like a false distress signal or something like that. But the amateur or not amateur, like super uber professional mortician work is hard to reconcile with that. I see. Because that has to be continually done. Like, you know, even if you do a good job on a zombie, it's still going to continue to decay and rot and that makeup's going to crack and peel. I mean, someone was just there as everyone says, like, you know, this Hmm. place has been kept up. It's being clean. Look at how well provisioned it is. If you just want to make a honeypot for people, just stock it full of food. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have the pretty bodies. That's a fair point. So uh, I hadn't considered. I feel like that there is something we don't yet know about Beth's abduction, uh, the person that lives there at the house, or what, that, that, that we are intentionally being misled. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say this is going to work out in, in some manner that uh, we can't foresee yet. But it's probably not going to be what we think it is, which – a lot of consensus seems to be a trap. Yeah. And we actually, on second or on subsequent viewings, we noticed something about the car that we'll get to here in a bit. That, yeah, sure. That might be a clue as well. Okay. Uh, then Maggie's out getting firewood while Bob, I think getting firewood. She's really getting firewood, right? Oh. At this point, she's not gone yet because she comes back and writes under her bedroll. Okay. Uh, so she's out getting firewood while Bob and Sasha talk about whether they should stop when they get to uh, – Town. Oh, we know. We know she's still around because she overheard this conversation, as she later on t- says. Oh, I missed that. This is this okay. is what drove her off. Oh, you're right. All right. Sort of talking too loud. Yes, <laughs> which might attract walkers as well. <laughs> uh, Bob doesn't believe her reason for wanting to stop, and Sasha wants to find a building to hold up in in the first town that they run across. Um, I, I it's got to be easier to survive with more people, right? Yeah. The idea that Sasha has that just Bob and her are going to hole up in this episode and survive seems crazy to me. I think it's ridiculous that they they just dis- dismissed Terminus altogether. Sure. I think if I was a person, I would have a pair of binoculars or something, and I, would, I wouldn't I would follow the fucking tracks. Yeah. I would like p- go parallel to the tracks, but somewhere kind of off the beaten path so that people couldn't see me and try to get a – kind of eyeball the situation in terminus yeah and observe them for a day or two um and then see what kind of people they are i mean if they're like like these uh the tennis ball guy and his assholes they can't keep from being assholes because they don't think anybody's watching them and there's no laws to break so they do whatever their base instinct is if, if you yeah. got a a good group of people you should see them doing things like gardening Mm-hmm. And sharing supplies, and although not Woodbury and not beating the shit out of each other. Well, that was kind of an anomaly. I mean, they were doing horrible things, but nobody really knew about it. Do you think, though, that if you were if you were outside watching Woodbury for several days, that you would get some of that? Though, maybe it not. Was highly militarized. Like, I feel like the whole screamer pit. Like you, you know, but like, all that's these... way out there. That's yeah. true. But wouldn't you follow, maybe follow them if or you like... could? You don't have a truck. That's, that's the true. problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that, and maybe that's what Sasha, Sasha's saying, because she, she does have experience with a funhouse land like Woodbury, where everything yeah. looked too good to be true, and it was. And I think that's why she, you know, Maggie doesn't have that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she's, she saw the dark underbelly of Woodbury, but she didn't get to see the light. And Bob doesn't have that experience, so maybe that's why she is so hesitant about going out there. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But still, it seems it seems like you have to at least try. I think so. I mean, the idea that two people can survive 
alone for any length of time is crazy to me. I mean, you have to not only fortify yourself, but you have to scavenge. There's mm-hmm. nothing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd just be really difficult. Uh, I do, however, like that all of the survivors have been in in this world long enough to know the kind of basic survival techniques where Bob is immediately when they set up camp, he's stringing uh, cans and pots and stuff around the camp for an alarm system. Daryl does the same thing. A little close to where they're at. (laughs) A foot and a half away, yeah. Yeah. Uh, At that point, you might want to already be awake. You'd have just enough time to open your eyes and say, how do you do to the zombie (laughs) that's about to eat your neck? Sure, but the idea that they need to do something like that is cool. And and showing that Daryl also does it. Later now, at the house. Interestingly enough, I actually think Daryl was putting back into place an alarm system that already existed. Oh, maybe so. That's what I. That's the impression I got. Maybe not, but that's 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 the impression I got on the viewings I had. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Daryl and Beth finding the stash of food in the house. This is a pretty funny scene. Good scene. I liked it. Uh, Daryl decides he's going to take some, but he's going to leave the rest for the owner, prompting Beth to say that he's a good person, which is something that Daryl thought didn't exist. Yeah, you only steal the stuff you need to survive. <laughs> Pig's feet. Pig's feet. Yeah. The white trash brunch. <laughs> uh, I-, I just thought it was really hilarious when Daryl's, like, calling the pig's feet. Uh, hey, those pig's feet are mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he was very observant to see that there's no dust on the food. Somebody was just there. Like, I mean, I know, I know the house is clean, and it seems obvious that someone is there, but that shows you that it's really, really recent. Sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are still good people. Daryl is one of them. Well, I mean, that just got through living in a group of good people, except for that dastardly Carol and her <laughs> hell spawn psychos. Yeah. She's a bad, bad apple in every bunch. Which we're probably going to see them next episode, right? It's been two yeah. episodes now. Who knows? Who knows? All right. I hope we do. Uh, so after locking the place down, Daryl and Beth enjoy some small pleasures, you know, like lying in a coffin and listening to Beth's annoying singing. Lighting a million candles. That's the other thing that's like, the guy's like, you know, I was ex- when he comes home, he's like, I was expecting to use those tea candles to like read for 30 fucking days. <laughs> I'm so glad you lit 18 of them to give yourself mood lighting while you played your shitty music, you bitch. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, the, I, I, I get the pig's feet. I wasn't actually going to eat those yeah. until I was ready to starve anyway. Sure. But those tea candles have utility at night. Yep. <laughs> uh, the the thing that we we really notice here is supposed to be this connection between Daryl and Beth. Obviously, um, before he was making excuses that, or or he was saying like your singing is annoying. I don't want to hear it. And apparently, he told Beth that. Hmm. Uh, now he's you know kind of making excuses so that he can hear it. Like there's no jukebox. Do you, so? Do you think she's a good singer? I know she's semi-professional. She's she's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember we used to make fun of that too. How like the fucking show would use any <laughs> excuse to get her to doodle bug it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I noticed last night I'm, I'm I was trying to objectively say like is is this good? And it was all right. Yeah, it was better than I can do. We'll say that. Sure. Sure. I'm going to do a great serenade next week. No. You'll hear it. <laughs> no. I'm going to put it in after the cast. She's also much, you won't even a know. much more attractive woman than you, too, if you're if we're going to talk about things that you Damn have no it. hope to compete on. Yeah, there goes all my hope. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, so Maggie has taken off from the camp, and Bob immediately wants to go after her. Sasha's not convinced that they should, and she eventually goes through with it. Um, 
not much to talk about in this scene. They just roll up a bedroll and take off. Yep. Uh, Maggie then walks down the tracks, and she finds another Terminus sign, and she cuts open a walker. I wasn't sure what she was doing here at first. Finger painting. I knew right away. You knew right away? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, she starts with the knife, like she's going to just cut into the metal there, mm-hmm. which would dull your knife. Yeah. That's, I don't think she... Does she have a sharpener? Surely. I don't know. She's got to. Uh, so then Bob reveals to Sasha why he's so happy as they walk down the tracks, and uh, a pretty good scene that I enjoyed. Um, they find Maggie's message to Glenn written in the blood of the walker that she cut open. Right. Uh, so Bob is not, I, I think we kind of deduced this already that Bob's big thing was about being alone. I mean, it's fairly evident in the first scene that he just wanted to be with anybody. He didn't care. Sure. Um, but he comes out and he says it here. It's not about being al- me being alive. That's not why I'm happy. It's because I'm not alone anymore. Uh, which you would think he would be less happy now than he was in the prison, right? He's certainly less alone in the prison than he is now. I, he was really dragging some baggage behind him in the prison. That's as, true. Before Daryl set him straight? Yeah. Like, he is part of the group, but he was also holding the group at arm's length because he didn't want... Uh, he didn't want to get too close to them because he knows what it's like, you know. So so he's almost like alone in a community of people, which that's the worst. Mm, yeah. Like, when you're surrounded by people but you still feel alone, Yeah, that's very hard to take. So that was my take on that, that he was just um, not having the trouble to uh, adjusting and that, you know, uh, alpha dog submission look that, that Daryl gave him uh, rebooted him or something. <laughs> Uh-huh. Or maybe just the sheer joy of surviving and actually – maybe that's what it is. Uh, his nightmare came true. All this thing went to shit, but he's still not alone. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he this has happened street. to me twice, and I ended up alone. Now mm-hmm. there's at least two people with me, yeah. and they're all hot women. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Of yes. course I'm happy. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm asking to Sasha. I can just – Work the <laughs> your boyfriend's dead angle on Maggie, and I'm oh, in. God, that's so horrible. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, you got to do what you got to do to survive, Jim. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so the the big question that's been going around here with Maggie kind of running off after Glenn uh, so fervently is, I guess, I guess I'll ask it to you. Do you have a problem with the idea that Maggie is not necessarily concerned with finding Beth? Yes. But she is with Glenn. Yes. Yeah, okay. I— in fact, it's it's a glaring oversight that she doesn't at least play lip service to, and Beth too. Yeah, I think she would at least mention Beth. Like, like when you are finger painting a message onto the side of this thing, would it kill you to be like <laughs> Glenn slash Beth, or, or or going to Terminus Glenn? Oh, and Beth too, or going to Terminus Maggie? That would be I mean, because because yeah, if you're yeah. Beth and you see that sign, uh-huh. what would you feel like? Like I guess. <laughs> you- Bitch. I'm chopped fucking liver. Yeah. Oh, she'd be singing Alanis Morissette songs after that. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Beth and Daryl have a meal when their alarm is tripped, and Daryl opens the door, but it's just a dog. Uh, apparently, the dog doesn't like the smell of pig's feet on Daryl's hands because it takes off. Answers the name in. of Lucky, this dog, this one-eyed, three-legged dog. Was it one-eyed? I thought it was. Or maybe just the hair did is covering you, its eyes. Did you see the commercial interlude? Because they, you no. know, because I blew through this the first time I walked watched it. But there's like you know they play those like fun fat cards which are normally bullshit. Uh huh. But apparently this this dog 
saved its owner from a fucking puma attack or <laughs> something How is like that, that even possible and and uh is now acting so it's like yeah it wow. legitimately lost its eye in some kind of awarding it off from some kind of attack it's a badass dog it is a bad so is that daryl is that representative and, of daryl in fact anyway? that was the title of the because i again i missed it that was the title of the reddit thread with that screenshot was this is one badass dog oh nice so yeah kudos to you lucky yeah, for sure. Um, not much to talk about there. Let's move on. Bob can't sleep. Uh, Sasha's keeping a watch out. Uh, so he asks Sasha why she assumes that Tyrese is dead. Um, and they kind of talk a little bit about that and, and hope, I guess. And her denying being afraid. Yeah, yeah. He And he senses it even though she won't admit it. Sure. And he asks her multiple times in this episode, like, why are you afraid? Um, and she won't admit it except... Finally, she does to Maggie, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bob here tells her that she was the sweetest and toughest person in the group. Flirting with her, right? Yes. I mean, they're they're really trying to make something out of nothing here yeah. with Bob and Sasha. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, they're trying to uh, – what do you call that? Uh, when something happens after the fact. Retcon? Retcon. They're trying to retcon okay. an attraction yeah, yeah. and pretending we don't notice. But that's cool because, again, I don't know – that that's unrealistic in this kind of circumstance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not super unrealistic. I guess it just happens really, really fast over the course of this episode, like a day. But, but I, I guess when they finally get to the kiss, Sasha doesn't go with him. The thing, and, and, and the thing is, so she's well, not that that romance hasn't developed. And in that's a day. what made it tolerable to me. Is yeah. that I thought that was the fact that both of them, you know, there's clearly something there. Mm-hmm. But neither of them are ready to compromise their core beliefs and principles to maintain it. Yeah. Um, I, I did like that. I thought that was pretty pretty good storytelling. All right. Let's go back to Beth and Daryl. Uh, Beth decides that she's going to leave a thank you note for the owner of the house for uh, them stealing food. <laughs> and then they share a moment over PBJ and Pig's Feet. Um. And then Beth gets kidnapped by a guy in hers. Just reminded me of, uh, ah, shit, um, Dumb and Dumber, where they're keeping track of, like, the IOUs as they took money from that suitcase. Uh-huh. She's like, you know, I owe you one can of pig's feet and a half <laughs> teaspoon of peanut butter and all this other shit. Yeah, and a made-up walker. <laughs> Daryl ruined that makeup job. Uh-huh. Um, so now Daryl actually thinks they're still good people. And apparently Beth is the one who changed his mind. Now, do you think – I mean, I, I certainly do think this. Do you think that there is some sort of romance brewing between Daryl and Beth here? I thought it was obvious. Yeah. But then, like in the the instant cast thread, there was people, uh, notably among them Nina Perez of the uh, Project Fandom, who was talking to her – I can't remember if she's married to this guy or his boyfriend. Her slam piece. Oh God! Uh, let's okay. go with that. Let's go with the. Let's sure, you know, since I don't know for term. sure. Let's go with something a little sensitive and classy. Her yep. slam piece, <laughs> and he was like, "No, man, there that 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 was just like you know, Big Brother talk." So it's interesting. I, he doesn't actually say that he's got a thing for. Her. He just says she's a good person. Well, then she's like, but "What do you mean way, by that?" And he's like, Arr. "I mean, it's like, is does he have like a Fonz esque inability to say the L word? Probably, yeah. Especially this early in a relationship. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think they're anywhere 
near that, right? Because Beth's O was not like an oh you're not into me. It's like oh I realize that you yeah. are into me kind. Of. I, yeah, that's that's my take on it. That's what I read too. So I, I'm assuming that there's something brewing there, and we're probably going to see more of it. We have a couple contra takes in the feedback section. Okay, but, perfect. And then I I I won't say you're an idiot for thinking that because it's ambiguous. Sure. Um, let's move on. The dog rolls up to the house again, and lo and behold, it is not the dog when Daryl opens the door. It's a group of walkers, and they bust in. Daryl kills 90% of them and then goes after Beth, who's been taken by a vehicle Groups of some unknown. sort. I, I don't know if you know, saw this, but I posted on Facebook. Someone on Reddit said, uh, under the, the heading, Dates Over Daryl, it showed the picture of the, the, the car at the cross peeling out. And then below that, it had a picture of the same car that they'd found in another movie. And oh, they, with... they photoshopped Herschel's head in it, like with a big shit-eating grin. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Dates like... over, Daryl. <laughs> um, curfew has uh, been met. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, first of all, uh, I want to give a shout-out to the director of this episode, Ernest Dickerson, who, I mean... Yeah. Is a veteran, award-winning director who's been in The Wire, who's mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, uh, directed episodes of Treme, Dexter, eight episodes of Walking Dead. I think the script here is kind of iffy and some of the connective tissue, but this guy went for broke with the uh, actual action scenes yeah. and what he ha- – he maximized. I think you can have a weak writer and a strong director, vice versa. What you can't have is – rookies in both and that's and that's when the episodes really seem to fall flat and i'm going to be tracking this fall uh going forward yeah uh also into this episode into the season last two episodes directed by david goyer and michelle mclaren it's a murderous oh. fucking row yeah yeah and written uh one of them's written by scott gimple who regards how we feel him if as a showrunner we know the man can write yeah especially for this show so i'm like super fucking excited about the last two episodes of the season um, he's still got one possible stinker to get through. <laughs> and, and, and I looked and, and the writer director combo is not confidence inspiring. Okay. Let's put it that way. Well, give them a chance. So we'll see but, what they do. But you know, this, so, so they, they, they do have some, some, some talent here. Um, oh yeah. And I think that you can tell the way the action was staged with Daryl's, you know, like a lot of people said, like it was unrealistic that these you know, infinite zombies stumbled upon the house and that caught a man with his senses unaware. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dispute that because I, I felt a little bit of that too. Yeah. But the payoff was really awesome. It was a very entertaining, uh, tense sequence because again, I take it for granted that Daryl can die sometime in the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always, in fact, when he climbed into that fucking coffin, <laughs> you were worried. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, that could be foreshadowing. Oh yeah, and it still might be. I don't and know he's that like, he's out of the most comfortable woods. I've been uh, for you know however long he was. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. you don't say that when you're sitting in the coffin. <laughs> not in this not in, show. Not in this shithole. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, the the other thing is, uh, I mean, okay, I, I want to talk a little bit about the action because I mean, this just was the most badass scene I've seen in a while. For Walking Dead. And, and we've got one of the most badass characters. And I, I know you you touched it briefly, but I loved when he got behind the gurney. And he's just like six walkers coming at him. And he's just stabbing him in the head one after the other. Yeah, I'm going to get a and layer. And he pushes him back. He goes to another gurney and does the same thing. Yeah, I'm going to get a layer of these 
as a distraction, I'm going to go through the other's legs because they're dumb sacks of shit uh-huh. and get another one, distract them, and then, you know, bolt for the door. It yeah. was really, really smart. And I think Daryl does a lot of that stuff. Like earlier when, when him and Beth are in that field and Beth is trapped in the, the bear trap, he knows, like, neutralize the real threat first and then go back for her. I could see other characters just going for her and trying to free her. And the walker just getting in too close. Yeah, it's like, you know, when the uh, gas mask descend when your aircraft is going down, you put it on yourself first before you put it on Uh friends and family and loved ones. Sure. Just because you do no one any good if if you're you're yourself fucked. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about this car a little bit. Uh, Before we do that, he sees the bag on the ground. I want to talk about this bag. Okay. This is definitely Beth's bag. Some people were saying maybe it's Daryl's bag. It's definitely Beth's bag. Okay. She has it on when he gives her the piggyback. There are <laughs> stacks of cash and jewelry and maybe a cell phone in there. Yeah, like, I thought when we – because we kind of zoomed in and freeze frame. I'm like, is that a cell phone? Is that a smartphone? Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know what's going on with this bag. Uh – do you think it's actually uh, – uh, fuck, what's her name? Beth? Emily yeah. Kinney? Do you think it's actually Emily Kinney's personal bag? It's not even a prop? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. It's just so, like – So Emily Kinney like takes all her Walking Dead money and stuffs it in her purse? Yeah. No, she she must get paid in cash. She doesn't have yeah, a yeah. checking account. She doesn't trust that shit. Cash and Greg Nicotero's rings. Yes. Like every scene she does where she almost gets bit, he's got to take a ring off. Give it to Emily Kinney. <laughs> no, yeah, just that's her personal stash. That, that's the only thing that really makes sense. I mean, because people people yeah. said, well, they're taking money to wipe their ass, or they're taking money to set fires. But what do you need a jewelry for? I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it could be, you know, Beth just being a teenage girl. Like, oh, these things are shiny. I like these. I'm going to take them with me. Teenage girls everywhere are offended, Jim. Oh, okay. Well, write me, teenage girls who are listening to this show. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh no! Wait, that's not a creepy. That did sound real creepy. Because there's there's no way we don't have a sizable cadre of teenage girls listening to the show. You think? I think our audience is mostly male. No, oh, that's, that would be my that's guess. Fucking sexist as shit. <laughs> From the feedback, I'd say it's damn near fifty fifty. Oh, all right, sure. Uh, let's move on. Daryl's following the tracks of the hearse, and now Daryl is wait, loaded across. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa! Huh? You, you distracted me with the the Emily shit. Oh, oh, the car. Yeah, yeah. This is not a fucking hearse, number one. It is not a hearse. You're correct. It's like a – looks like a mid-70s Cutlass Supreme slash Cadillac <laughs> slash, you know, land yacht. Yeah. But what's interesting is in the back window, it does have a cross. I was right about that. Yeah. But not like a biker cross or mm-hmm. a – Or a religious cross of any kind. And, and when we were watching it, it does seem like it's a white cross on a red background. Yeah, like a first aid vehicle of some kind. An inverse of a red cross vehicle. So maybe we're being led off the the path here and that she – these are actually Terminus folks that are like running some kind of rural ambulance thing. Like they're trying to save as – they're going around at night patrolling, trying to find survivors and bring them back. And there's – and this is just all coincidence. So you think maybe Beth is headed to Terminus? I think so, else – how because everyone has to converge at terminus we've already got as we said 75 percent of the group heading there yeah what daryl's just not going to go maybe daryl will be dead maybe but i'm just saying that i but, but still beth has to be accounted for yeah yeah i mean she's got to come back 
And I, and I, I, I want to yeah, make a note here. Right. I want to make a note because this kind of organically happened. I want to make a note to talk about something in the spoiler section. Okay, do that. Yep. Um, I'm going to move on. Uh, Daryl follows those tracks for the hearse or whatever it is, uh, the first aid vehicle. And Daryl ends up at a crossroads. He doesn't know which way to go. And he just kind of collapses there. Yep. He's now alone. Daryl is alone. And I think that frightens Daryl. I mean, we know how... We know what links he went to. They just showed us last week what links he went to to not be alone, sticking with Merle and his tweaker gang, uh, because that's all he knew, and he didn't want to be alone, right? Sure. So now he is alone, uh, and I think that's kind of scary for him. So then uh, Sasha wants to stop when they stumble across this safe location, which is like a several-story building they could hole up in. Uh, But Bob doesn't want to. He wants to keep going because Maggie is alone. He doesn't want that to happen. So he tries to convince Sasha to continue, but she won't. And he tries using his lips in every way possible. He tries talking. He tries kissing. (laughs) uh, Neither of them work. Uh, Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Well, that's what he was doing, right? He kissed her to try to convince her to come with him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, to basically... Hey, I've been flirting with you this whole time to little effect. I'm going to be explicit <laughs> and just give you a little taste of the, you know, this the stucky, uh. stucky sex appeal <laughs> and see what sticks. I mean, he took his shirt off earlier. He he already tried. He takes his shirt off every opportunity he gets. I, I need a fresh bandage here, Sasha. <laughs> Check um, out my abs. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> um, but I like the fact that, again, when sh- they both clearly are going to at an impasse, he just kind of shrugged and was like, you know, I like you, mm-hmm. but I'm not invested enough to go against my principles. Yeah. I think you're making a bad call, and I'm going to continue walking to preserve a group or get to a larger group. Yeah, it's- and she tries to, like, say, hey, you don't, you don't want to be alone again, but he knows that he's not going to be. He's he's either going to die walking to this larger group. He's going to find Maggie or he's going to find Terminus. Yeah, or he's going to die. <laughs> or he's going to die, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean... But either of those would be okay with him. And staying with her, I just feel like a lone couple in the apocalypse, that's a relationship with an expiration date, too. Not oh, like boy. break up, but like just dead. Yeah. And then you got all the pain involved in losing a, break, a mate and, and breaking up with the fact that also you still have to fucking deal with the fact that there's undead and yep. uh, horrible, horrible people all around you. For sure. Nothing is easy in the zombie apocalypse. So Sasha stays behind to scout the building that she found, and when she gets upstairs, she busts out a window, and she finds Maggie laying there, and they get attacked by walkers, and they fight them off. Um, I want to give zombie kill of the week now. Okay. Because Maggie with that no parking sign, that's pretty badass. And the kill she does just before the final beheading, the one where it kind of just wedges into the skull of the mm, walker. I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to that because that beheading is kind of hidden by Maggie. You don't really mm. get to see much of the beheading or the gore, but man, that, oof, that sign wedges in that skull. That's pretty rad. I, I like it. And also it's one of the things that, um, Andrew Lincoln teased about this season. He said there's going to be some inventive mele- uses of melee weapons. Yeah, I already see the crowbar. We've seen the highway sign. Do you think we? Do you think we peaked in inventive melee weapons, or do you think there's something you know crazier in store? I want to say the the sign is pretty good. Uh, so I mean, I'm going to say we as, peaked. 
I mean, that's, yeah. Can you even fucking imagine someone swinging that at you? It would hurt. It would be, it'd be horrific. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Jesus uh, It's Christ. basically an axe with a different weight distribution, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to sharpen that thing up at all for it to mm-hmm. cave in someone's skull. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, so we find out that Maggie was actually waiting for Sasha uh, because... A, she needs her help, and she doesn't want them to be alone either. Uh, and she can't do it by herself. Even if even if she found Bob, she couldn't do it with just them alone. Yeah, and that's which was what Bob knew that two people yeah. is not does not a group make. Sure, you need at least three. And Sasha, I think she finally admits she's afraid. Um, which okay, great. Thank thank you for the self awareness now, Sasha. Uh, but but that's what it's about, right? She finally Maggie's speech to her gets her to admit that yeah i do need more people than just bob or you Mm -hmm. uh so then they they i noticed when they did this commercial break they had a bumper where they explicitly said that in the zombie apocalypse you need to have a planned route and a backup in in case of an emergency did the writers get that note because the prisoner group didn't Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, something that people have been bitching about since the first episode, rightfully so. Yeah. You know, again, these aren't rookies. Everyone that we know on the prison council has been in the exact situation they've been in. And the fact that they didn't have a better plan. Yeah, the idea that they're, they're, the AMC marketing department thought of that, but the writers did not, seems crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like one of those things where they, they've been in a prison for like six months. Like one yeah. time around the campfire, while they're bullshitting or whatever they do, you'd think it's like, you know what? What happens if this place gets overrun? Because shit, it's not like there's 300 zombies pushing up against the fence right now. Which is about to cave in, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, maybe, maybe we should have like a – and they obviously had a bug out plan as far as the bus. Uh-huh. But they had no rally point? Apparently not. I know. Uh, all right, so we go back to – uh, Daryl at the crossroads, he's kind of sulking about Beth being gone when another group rolls up, led by Joe. It's the same group that was at Rick's house earlier. Uh, and then we – they see that you know he's a bowman and a, once a bowman, always a bowman. Mm-hmm. And they decide to give him <laughs> the quote-unquote choice to join them or die, essentially. Uh, I don't. What do you think about these guys? I mean, we know a lot about them given last episode, or not last episode, the episode before that, uh, where they were in the house. We know that they're kind of all just assholes, and and he reaffirms that when he says, "Why hurt yourself when you can hurt other people?" Uh, first of all, do you think this is Joe from Joe and Joe Junior's barbecue? No, you don't. Clearly, no. The guy. The, okay. No, Joe. This isn't Joe Junior. Ooh, I mean, I guess maybe. It makes How me wonder old is the Joe looking zombie. Cuz that was Joe, I assume. It, that was Joe because he couldn't do Well, yeah. I mean there's no proof by this assumption that true. It was Joe. I didn't, he didn't look I like he was old enough to be Tennis Ball's uh daddy. So maybe Tennis Ball is his daddy. Oh. So he's, he's Joe. He's Joe senior. Yeah, he's a real Joe. I don't give a shit. Does that surprise you? <laughs> Not really. Um but when he says why hurt yourself when you can hurt other people, it just makes me wonder what's in the barbecue sauce. Ooh. That's all. Makes me, that's a that's a line that makes your skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. Um so a couple things. The more I think about it, the more I think that there's no way this this group and the one that abducted Beth can be related. I don't think so. No. Um because they would have Beth with them. Yeah. 
uh, unless they're and they didn't seem to have any kind of base camp. They just roam, yeah, looking for like just scavenging. Unless and having this fun. is the terminus, like you know, equivalent of the Woodbury Goon Squad, mm, which yeah. is still on the table. That's true. Um, also, this Bowman talk. I mean, again. I've just gotten an archer in the last couple of weeks, but as far as I can tell, the stats he rattled off about that crossbow is applicable for like 95% of crossbows manufactured in the last 15 years. It's basically <laughs> like, oh, that car you got burns unleaded fuel and gets at least 100 horsepower. I'll be donkey sucked. You must be a car guy. He doesn't say donkey sucked. He says donkey licked. It's far less vulgar. Licked suck? <laughs> Fuck you, man. What the hell? So I, I just thought <laughs> I thought that was pretty All funny. Right. I thought the whole bow the whole bowman speech was kind of funny to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And then the way that they used that, like, you know, you've got a pretty fucking average crossbow to meet some bare minimum that you'd want hunting. The other thing that yeah. John H uh, clued me into on the Facebook thread is that Daryl's crossbow has no sights. Oh uh, yeah. He stares down the thing where you'd mount a sight. Like the rail, right? But the, Yeah, but there is actually nothing mounted there. And I, I, I'm, Weird. I'm st- still assuming you can, you know, because a traditional bow doesn't have sights and, you know, people can be quite lethal with them. But yeah. it's just kind of funny that uh, he eschews any kind of modern aiming systems on a fucking compound crossbow. It's Daryl Dixon. He doesn't need that shit. Hell no. He, uses he doesn't need force. that bullshit. Um, so there we go, man. Yeah. Uh what else we got? Uh, what else we want to talk about on that scene? I don't know. I just like how you know he tells him his name and he asks him what his name is and he's just like Daryl, and he just stares him up and down. He's just like, I'm gonna kill you guys eventually. And and we know again, no way Daryl has changed sides or hell no. or, or pulled a merle. He's just going along with this to not die. Yeah, yeah, he's just gonna survive. So we get to the final scene. What did you think about? Um, my moose fucker for, uh, hypothesis. Do you think moose they're going to? Do you think there's going to be a moment where he has to join in on some moose fucking, uh-huh, some hazing, some moose moose raping slash innocent people killing festivities, and he's going to have to Daryl Dixon it. Mm. Hopefully, he'll be able to find a gurney in that situation. I hope so. Yeah, just keep all six of those guys behind it. Yeah, <laughs> like they're dumb as walkers. Uh huh. Uh, I, I don't know. I think you're probably right. He's get, they're going to test his metal at some point. That's what groups always do with new members, sure, especially this group. Uh, like I saw in True Detective. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, like, and again, especially this group. It's like you know, I'm sleeping in this bed. Fuck you. You know. Oh yeah, I'm going to choke you out. No, you're yeah. not choking out there. I'm not Dixon. sleeping in this slightly less comfortable bed. <laughs> I'm going to choke you half to death, bitch. That's actually what it was like at Bipax when we all shared the house. <laughs> <laughs> to see who gets the room, we all started choking oh, each other man. out. I actually suggested that on the first day because there was some <laughs> that I'm like, y'all want to just strip down your waist and start and like just just pit fight this out, yeah, Kirk style. Because I like my chances. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah. Levi or Eric would get, but but you know, I I think I'm in the top two at least for sure. You're getting one of the good rooms. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, final scene. Maggie and Sasha catch up to Bob, and uh, I like this scene. I liked this a lot. It was uh, touching. Bob looks very happy here. Now that he's been reunited with his group. Bob also, group. a slow-ass mosier. He takes his time getting up the rails. I guess so, because they caught up with him pretty quick. And it didn't look like they were out of breath or were, like, double-timing mm-hmm. it. Just, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe he was just hoping that that's what, you know, he was, like, counting on Sasha changing her mind. And so he was not in any hurry <laughs> to pull away. Kind of waiting for them as well. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I like the ending of this episode. It was as close, I think, as Walking Dead gets to a feel-good episode at the end. Um, they don't do this very often, and, and certainly it's not completely feel-good. Beth is gone. Daryl is with some assholes. But there's a lot of hope at the end of this one, and the idea that this group is reunited at the end feels really good, I think. They got reunited and it felt so good? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah not okay. so many words. <laughs> That was a That's perfect, my serenade for I was going to say, that was a perfect chance for you to get your duet on. <laughs> All right, that's it for the episode, man. Do we have some Pippin to do? Uh, oh, yeah, that comes before the feedback. <laughs> Shit. Got caught unawares. Um, so, yeah, if uh, you like what we do, um, check out our affiliates. Uh, we're part of the Bald Move Network. Uh, we got tons of content at, uh, at baldmove.com. Uh, not just Walking Dead, but Game of Thrones. We got Mad Men. We got Breaking Bad. Um, don't forget our affiliates, the personal arrogance crew out of Seattle this week, Jim and I took over the show for the first half hour talking about our bipacks adventure. Um, that was fun. They, the boys also talk, uh, they, they start their own uh, TV network talking about TV and some movies. Um, and also new cheeses. This is a supersized episode. I've not got a chance. To I didn't listen know to it. cheeses were still being invented. Uh, right. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the atomic chart. Like we, we know everything that can or can theoretically be. <laughs> You know, you, uh, you're not going to just flip a benzine ring and woof, new cheese. <laughs> but uh, you have to you have to listen to them for the latest. Also, the girls at Picasso show talking about uh, dirty dungeons, female condoms, and the thing they like to call what comes around goes around. Apparently, it's Wakaga. dirty dungeons. It's di- it's Wakaka. It's dirty dungeons and female condoms. Uh, check them out. Uh, you can support us uh, as always using our Amazon link at amazon.ballmove.com, where a tiny portion of your shopping cart goes to support us. You can also try our new subbable.com, s u b b a b l e dot com slash baldmove, where you can directly contribute to the manufacturing of our podcast on a monthly basis and save up your contributions to redeem cool perks. Um, check it out if you haven't already. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, probably going to be another giveaway coming up. I've got uh, season three of Game of Thrones DVDs, and I want to give it away to people that uh, are sub- one of the subscribers uh, to our uh, subbable account, which doesn't cost anything to do, by the way. Um, so you might want to get on that this week uh, to get a leg up on the competition. Uh, what else? What else do I need to talk about? What else do I need to pick? I think that's it, man. Let's All go. Right. Let's oh, great reviews feedback. on iTunes. Okay. Oh, and, and Kelly and Tom, they just did their season finale of uh, Downton Abbey, and they've been crushing it this season. Yeah. I was cracking up listening to the latest because I'm a <laughs> Downton Abbey fan. Uh, feedback? Yes, let's Are do it. Are you interested in some feedback? No, totally not. Let's, this is the end of the cast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, have, we have obligations. Uh, Anthony B. says, I'm trying to get in this Daryl and Death. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Daryl and Beth. <laughs> It's a Freudian slip there. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's like if you had a celebrity couple, they'd be Barrel or Death. Yeah, yeah. I don't want Death. Let's go with Barrel. <laughs> it's a barrel of fun. The <laughs> Daryl and Beth relationship. Um, I can't. Uh, I can't do it. I can see a Big Brother approach to their relationship, but a love affair. Maybe the show is trying to push it in that direction until they get to terminus, whereas Daryl will let it go. Ooh, hmm. spurned Beth. I understand they're in apocalypse, but and he's a man and she's a teenager, but this doesn't fit Daryl. And I have to say, finally, it only took four years for AMC to even have a person of color kiss another person of color. Got a little racial up in here. Is that All even right. true? Because I feel like 
Don's secretary, Dawn. <laughs> Dawn. Yeah. Uh, On Mad Men. He kissed, kissed a dude like two seasons ago. I think you're right about that, yeah. I'm not willing to bet. I'm not willing to gainsay Anthony here on it. Sure. They, they don't have uh, – well, okay. This show doesn't Granted, have the greatest race reputation. Yes, yes. So, so it's a little more obvious when things like that happen in this show. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's always nice to see. Uh, Brian W. says, I have a theory about Bob. I haven't read anything about this, and I'm not sure if people are talking about this directly or if he's just drinking antifreeze and wood grain alcohol. <laughs> but I believe Bob could be immune to walkers, meaning they don't sense him. The reasons he gives is he was in two groups and everyone died except him. This epi is walking around in the woods in the beginning with walkers all around him, and no one bothered him. But, 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 but. Yep. Let me just stop you there. He's sitting in that in that grate behind his makeshift grate, and the walker is clearly trying to get him while he's drinking his NyQuil. That's true. That's true, but they don't smell him. I thought walkers are They smell NyQuil smell. on his breath? <laughs> no, I mean, they don't, they don't smell some ripe... Some right Bob Angelo. I don't, I don't on top think of walkers go for smell, do they? They go after noise and movement, they I thought. They surely go after smell. That's like how the guts gambit works. That's how the Michonne gambit works. Mm, that's true. Or maybe that was sight. Anyway, third know. point, he's always smiling, sensing a freedom from the walkers, but not realizing the power he has. I consider this theory unlikely. What about you, Jim? <laughs> okay. I'll say that, too. All right. Then let's just move on. <laughs> Um, uh, Michael P says, have you guys heard that Norm, speaking of Norman Reedus, plays Daryl as a virgin? Hmm. Uh, those guys on After Buzz said that, that, uh, that, so I don't know if I should believe them. Uh, well, rest easy, Michael. Uh, I actually looked it up and there's multiple interviews all attesting to the fact that Norman Reedus is playing Daryl Dixon as a virgin. In particular, he says someone that if it was kissed, his reaction would be like, ew. (laughs) So that explains... That explains a lot. Sure, yeah. And especially with his growing up and his his then, you know, going from an abusive father and family relationship to being a wandering uh, woodsman to shacking up with his uh, gang-banging, meth-snorting, African-American beating brother, I could see him being a virgin at this point. And yeah, I don't know where he's had time. Does that make it more or less likely that he would saddle up to a younger person? Hmm. Maybe they have that in common. I don't know that uh, Beth's ever got along with one of her short-lived boyfriends. Well, uh, by the way, I looked at uh, up uh, Emily Kinney's stats. She's 28 years old. Wow. Unfucking believable. Yeah, she plays well younger than that. And in fact, I don't. I want to say that. We know she's at least out of high school because of some obscure memory I have about season two. Hmm. But yeah, you might be right. I, I, but I, I thought that was related to Maggie. Well, Maggie's clearly. She's obviously high school, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not in Beverly Hills 90210 where you can repeat until you're 35. <laughs> oh, but, God. But, but in fucking rural Georgia, yeah, they graduate people. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um I actually think it's more likely a person that was, has little experience would be less threatened by another person who's kind of matched with them experience-wise. Sure. That seems to make sense. And is there anything inherently exploitative about a mid-30s guy shacking up with an 18-year-old zombie survivor? Uh, I don't feel like there would be in this as, relationship, as men, honestly. As let us let's hold court on this situation. Well, let's talk about what we've seen on the screen, right? I mean, this is not... 
something where Daryl has just been pressuring her for sex or something. I mean, they, there's a genuine relationship building up. Here. That's that's the point I made on like the instant thread, ca- um, instant cast thread rather. Yeah, is that it would be a different level of creepy if this relationship hadn't been so far chased. Sure, like, and know, instigated a lot by Beth, I think, as well. Yeah, right? it's been one-sided hugs and handhelds and, like, stammered uh, declarations of maybe affection. Yeah. You know, if, if he, they were just, like, moving on to mouth-sucking or basic cable sex at this <laughs> donkey point. Donkey-sucking? <laughs> they're donkey-licking. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be down for it. Sure. No, I, I'm with you. I think the way that it's developed, it could make a lot of sense. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel predatory. No. Mm-mm. Uh, Michelle asks, you question why Beth is hanging on to the trinkets, jewelry, and cash found on the side of the road after her quote-unquote kidnapping. Mm-hmm. I think the bag was actually Daryl's leather man purse that he stuffed full of money and baubles when they were in a country club last episode. Perhaps we were supposed to pick up on the fact that it was Beth with mere seconds to get out of the house to safety. The one thing she grabbed was the thing she thought meant most uh, to Daryl. I don't think that's true because she's wearing the backpack during the piggyback that scene. That doesn't mean anything. They could exchange backpacks. <laughs> Really, Daryl is going to have her carry his bag oh, for him? Oh, well, you know, Beth was carrying his crossbow, so I guess that's now her property. They never do shit like that. She was learning how to use it. I don't think she has to learn how to use a bag. <laughs> Clearly, because it was dropped on the ground and exploded. <laughs> that's not how you use a bag. I, I'm just saying, based on her wearing it in that piggyback scene, I would say no. All right. Jeff in says, I have a feeling the next week we'll find out that a loan actually took place. This is a good theory. I have a feeling next week we'll find out that a loan actually took place chronologically before claimed. The choked out man really died, and Daryl was one of the people in the house where Rick was hiding. I think that's brilliant. If they pull that off, that's awesome. Also, I have – I debated about putting this right after this email because there's some interesting dialogue that could either prove, disprove, or cast doubt or reasonable (laughs) – I'm trying to cover all my bases here so people <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. know. Uh-huh. But basically, if you cl- to turn on closed captioning during uh, the episode where uh, – during Claimed, claimed yeah. you could hear a lot more of the dialogue going on downstairs where Rick first wakes up than you could if you're just watching television. Yeah. I decided that discretion is a better part of valor, and I'm putting that in the first thing I tackle after the spoiler section. Really? That's in an episode that happened already. Yeah, but I, I – that's what I'm saying. I just don't know because I, feel I don't think that's a spoiler at all. Honestly. I don't. I don't either. But I just want to be sensitive to people. So okay. if you want, fair enough. Listen to the very first thing I consider after spoiler section. But don't forget to turn it off because you're fucked if you do. I, I will definitely <laughs> tell you to fuck off at the end of that. Okay. So I'll, I'll take that much responsibility. Right. Um, but I just want to say that there there might be some more to this. Yeah, uh, Frankie G. Um, was nervous about Daryl and Beth's closeness, but found myself drawn into Daryl's newfound optimism and possibility of good people still being out there. I'm pretty sure that he was lured to the door uh, and to the Walker masses, but I was right there with him, assuming that the person who knocked on the door was a quote-unquote good person. I felt his hurt and shame for letting his guard down again, even after what happened when he let his guard down about the governor. Bad things happen when Daryl or when Dixon stops being a badass. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this is going to make him – this is going to hurt or help his character development? Ooh. Uh, I feel like where they left it, he was pretty, I guess, demoralized by 
the situation. Like he thought there were good people, and then Beth gets taken, and it's just like his world comes like crashing Lisa down again. Tooken, <laughs> Tooken too. I just saw Take It Two the other day. I haven't seen Weird. it yet, but yeah. Liam Neeson, for the record, is my shit. All right, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think this is going to set him back a little bit. Certainly until he finds Beth. I think once that happens, he'll be kind of back to normal Daryl. All right. But I think he's still a good guy, right? He's not going to go along with these dudes who just want to hurt everybody. Well, by the way, if he ever, if, if they, she has been abducted, woe be to the poor sons of bitches that Daryl Dixon finds. Oh, yeah. Because if you recall, like in season two, he was ready to get medieval on that young teenage punk's ass that they found from the Nebraska group. He, the guy fell off the fucking roof and got his leg impaled on the fence. Uh-huh, and they brought him back. He's ready to out and out and out torture that guy and did. Yeah. And he had no real reason other than Rick said, hey, sweat this guy from information. Yeah, yeah. You fuck with his first girlfriend crush? <laughs> Hell hath no fury, man. No, not at all. Um, Kimberly M says, I like the relationship building between Daryl and Beth. I think Daryl's emotionally immature, and I don't think that he would actually act on his feelings. He may have, or Beth... I think his feelings are more like a younger boy, not the man he is, which would coincide with him playing as a virgin, Kimberly. Sure. Um, so that's perceptive. I also, uh, as for the house they stopped at, I think all the one-eyed dog needed was an eye patch. I think that place was like the witch's house in Hansel and Gretel, fatten them up a bit, and I think all those walkers were led there to either separate or somehow weaken the pair. Hmm. It's totally possible. Yeah, we just don't know. Yeah. And I think that's going to be one of the major things we'll hopefully find out before the end of the season. Yeah, once we find the um, first aid guy, mm. first aid car, we'll find out more, I think. Uh, Tom ponders how if blood is thicker than water when he says, I only have blood relatives, but I'm pretty sure in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, if I was split up with my half-sibling by some crazed tank-welding gang, I would have my step-sibling on my mind. So why on earth is Maggie going on and on about Glenn, but no mention of Beth at all? We have no yeah, answer for no. you there, Tom. No, no answer, answer. At all. I, I actually did look this up. Uh, there was a thread about this, very short one on Reddit, where they, they questioned this. And someone said that Glenn is kind of her anchor to this group. And last she knew, um, as far as she knows, Beth could be with Glenn. And that's the idea. That, that if she finds Glenn, she will find Beth. I don't know that that's that she has any reason to believe that, though. That's one of those things where it sounds great, except for there's zero on-screen evidence that supports that. Yeah, she so, went off to look for Beth. Yes, exactly. Where's she Beth? wasn't on the bus. Yeah, left Glenn. Mm-hmm. So you'd think there there would be at least a mention of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why the writers didn't have some perfunctory sort of mention. Uh, Noel Dub asks, just wanted to see what your sh- uh, views are and the overall performance of the Gimple so far. I personally have been really impressed by the way he's developed the characters while moving the story on. Take the Governor episodes, for example. Okay, they weren't the greatest, but the fact that at least they'd made an effort to address him as a person and show his motivation. And it's far beyond what we got in earlier seasons. Similarly, the episode still, again, was a bit stupid. With the whole thing going to get a drink. But the development we got from these characters is totally worth it. Especially Daryl as in that episode and the recent alone have shown that he is not a superhuman. Which I felt like was he was becoming. Furthermore, the extra leg room he was given to the other actors. Chandler, Denai, Chad, Lawrence. Uh, I have no idea. I can't pronounce that person's name. Sonek, Soniqua? Is that Sasha? Yeah, Soniqua, yeah. Soniqua, okay. Well, damn. 
just like it's spelled. <laughs> Take that, English language. Right? Kind of like Martinez. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Raw wound. Uh, and Emily has been uh, been particularly pleasing. It seemed in earlier episodes it had to revolve around Daryl, Rick, Carl, Michonne, um, uh, Glenn, and Maggie, and Herschel. But now these other characters can stretch their legs with differing results, I'll admit. But still, along this line, I believe Jim has said the instant cast have been brave to keep the characters apart. That was me, sir. Probably was. Um, probably. But <laughs> as they've been brave we'll have to have to go these, back and listen, <laughs> they've been brave to have these bottle episodes. They've been brave to address the issues of psychotic murderers, a uh, murderous young girl, and some of the upcoming material. Uh, they have this brave attitude that could really pay off. Okay, it's not breaking bad, but the show can improve to the same degree in the next season as much as it has, and things could be really looking up. AKA something we've been saying since season two. <laughs> since two showrunners ago uh i'm i'm of the mind to agree with him yeah in that the first how many episodes were there eight last season so the first five of those were really really good they sure were i like those a lot now we're looking at the second half and i think four out of five of these have been really good i'll like, give you not, three out of five Okay, but one of them was bad, I think. Yes. And another one might have been, like, kind of average. Yes. But I think three of them have been really strong at least. Uh, that's a good ratio of crap to awesome episodes, I think. Yeah. It's certainly better than, like, a season two ratio. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that – I still think their strongest run is tail end of season two to first mm -hmm. the, the, the head end of season three. And they have not strung together a better 16-episode stretch than those, but... Yeah, you're probably right. Um, you know, I mean, again, uh, on the give-a-shit scale, they've definitely been scoring on these episodes that, you know, I talked about that in Instant Cast. Do I feel like the people making the show give a shit? Um, or are they just shoveling stuff out there because, you know, people like zombies and shock value? And also, I feel like that uh, Noel, Noel, Noel here is really right in that... If you're going to go overboard on something, I'd much rather them go overboard on characterization because even if it doesn't work in this episode, the concepts are sound that then gives them more interesting things to do in the future. Hmm. Yeah. Whereas if you're just going around in circles like we saw in the first half of season two, you are not only not entertaining me in the present, but you're also not giving anything to play off in the future. That's a very good point. So, yeah. And, and great action doesn't do that either, right? Exactly. Great action is the frosting on the cake. You don't yeah. give a shit if there's no stakes and you don't care about the characters. And that's one of the problems with like in that they've got with some of these little girls endangering them and stuff. It's like I'm not invested enough in them to care. In fact, they're they're they, <laughs> they're creepy. The characters are creepy and annoying. Uh -huh. But, you know, uh Daryl and Beth, I care about. Yeah. So, uh, ben from Ottawa says, if there's still any debate, I think Beth is definitely snatched up via trap. There was a trap at the beginning on entering the house. Number one is fully stacked, uh, is a fully stocked house food-wise. Number two, the dog running up and then the dog being back again before the zombie wave. I think the dog is affiliated with whoever captured Beth. A crazy twist, the dog is a master in the art of zombie herding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sheep dog, yeah. but a walker dog. But seriously, I think the dog belongs to the captor. It would be very easy to train a dog to be bait for a zombie and like lead them to a door and then sprint as soon as they get there. I walkers don't go after animals. Do they? I think they do. We've seen, we've seen zombies chowing down on woodland creatures. Sure. We have. Yeah. You might be right. No, I know I'm right. But how did the cows and the deer survive? I guess they were just 
out on the farm somewhere. If they're if they're they can just walk away. Yeah. I mean, although I guess if they don't get swarmed, they're they okay. say that prehistoric humans uh, before they invented arrows and shit like walked animals to death. Oh yeah, yeah, because we we can do the endurance. The we got the, the endurance, spring. and they like so. It's like maybe you know uh, walkers do that with animals, but <laughs> could I, I also think that a deer could just like fuck off, and then a zombie would lose interest. I don't know. Yeah. All um, right. Yeah. Well, maybe they do go after animals, and this is a master walker herd. I would say that yeah, like a four a four thousand, five thousand person herd would just be like a locust. It would just sc- yeah. scour the landscape of life. Oh yeah. Uh, Eating crack. all the ladybugs. Beth would have nothing to eat. <laughs> crack, crack. She didn't eat the ladybug, man. <laughs> Crackpot theory from Ben. Beth was captured because she's a quote-unquote breeder. That's horrifying. It is horrifying. <laughs> but totally possible in this world. I uh, also want to point out the fact that the mortician was dressing up the zombies, uh, was seen by Beth as a goodness. Doesn't necessarily mean that he slash she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is actually good. He could just be one creepy slash sick dude. True. Because, yeah, you're right. That shit that is something that could be seen in another light is creepy. Amanda D says, you've been having the same problem I have. Why didn't Rick's group see that all the Terminus signs during their months at the prison? Well, in order to watch a show without too much mental stress, I came up with the following theory. In episode 10, Inmates, the two idiots that Tyrese met along the tracks were putting up the signs... This theory solves two problems. First, it tells us that the signs are very recent. And second, it gives those two idiots a reason to be where they were when they died at the hands of her four slow walkers. I think the writers even wanted us to put those pieces together since the two guys were saying to follow the tracks. But if they did want us to put the two and two together, they should have left Terminus maps littered around their dead bodies. That's a good theory. I like, I like that a lot. She, she puts forth a theory and also gives the, the evidence against. That's yeah. the mind of a scientist. I like it. I like it very much, and I think that's very possible that that's what they wanted us to think. All right, moving on to Lindsay from Oregon. I really like the shot of Maggie, Sasha, and Bob fighting the zombies in the fog. She's breaks with me in that. Uh, I also wish the scene would have been a little bit more flushed out with a little bit more action and movement. Also, the fact that a bandage would stop a zombie bite was Daryl Dixon's voice. Some bullshit. <laughs> I always thought the duct tape theory would absolutely... You know, I have a theory about why I'm losing my Rick accent. Because he's trying to... We don't ever see him anymore. That's true, yeah. And I think he's getting better. He probably is, yeah. After because, five years of this now. Because season one, Rick, I can still nail. But now he's got this, like, like Batman filter he's putting on everything. <laughs> and I, I just haven't got the trick of that. Huh. Um, anyway... Uh, I always thought the duct tape theory was absolutely ridiculous, but this has topped it. I also wish they would have played around at the cemetery and the idea that zombies would be willing, trying to rise out of their graves like the classic zombie genre trope seemed like they had a great opportunity and didn't do much with it. That's the first thing I thought when I saw the the cemetery. I'm like, man, if you dug up like a grave from the last five years, because I'm I'm understanding that modern embalming techniques are pretty good. Okay. Are are they just going to be squirming around down there? Probably so. Like, like that's so that's the thing. You can't have in a show that purports to be a little more realistic than particular zombie fare, like your typical zombie fare. You can't have walkers digging themselves out of coffins six feet under. And, and, and like, and I don't care. Look, kiddo, I don't care how many six inch punches you do on this <laughs> thing or how many times you watch Kill Bill. You're not getting out of there. Yeah. Especially since, in reality, they'd be in, a, like, a steel vault as well. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, 
I understand that happens a lot in zombie movies because they're B movies and they're over the top. Sure. But in this, they want to go a little more realistic. It would be interesting if they like set something in like uh, New Orleans or someplace that floods a lot, and mm, they actually and have, it's just eroded. Yeah, or, or like like a, they're going through a cemetery and there's like some flooding, and because that literally has happened before, where because um, because <laughs> caskets are buoyant, and when you uh-huh. get the the ground saturated enough water coffins have been known to just shoot the fuck up and spill their contents out and it's disgusting <laughs> that's awesome that would be an awesome set piece if they get tired of you know if they run yeah. out of some ideas they've already done the, the mud spinoff zombie. walking dead bayou there we Boom. go <laughs> twd bayou um what else did I what was miss? their first half of her email because Fuck, I don't know. We should have talked about that. We did. It was like she she called she liked the zombies in the fog, but she thought it was lacking because it didn't have a bit more action and movement. Oh, Maybe okay. that's what I thought. I thought that that's the what scene you, was a little unfinished. That's what I got from me, yeah. Um, and she didn't like the duct tape theory. But she oh did yeah, I like want to talk about that. If you've watched MythBusters, you know the duct tape is really strong. Like you can stop cars with enough duct tape. Sure. I think that would work. I totally bandages. Do. Okay, I'll give you that. Maybe not, but duct tape, yeah. I'm 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 just saying that, you know, if you if you have a doubt, like like throw a t-shirt over a, a heavenly ham and go to town, see if you can bite through that shit. <laughs> okay, and then, you know maybe the zombies have broken teeth and they're going to be a little bit more jagged, but that gives you yeah. a reasonable estimate. Um, corduroy might as well be fucking chainmail to zombies. I think corduroy? a leather jacket. Yeah, no, you're you're just you're safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, motorcycle leathers, you're good. Oh, yeah. There's no way they're going to be biting through uh, cowhide and sea armor. There's you may no collapse from heat stroke, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> finally, I'd like to know, continuing on Lindsay's thought, uh, finally, I'd like to know your, what you guys thought of the stray dog and a metaphor it could possibly serve for Daryl and perhaps for foreshadowing. Are we, I'm getting Breaking Bad flash, flashbacks of the stray dog and whether it meant Jesse or whether it was, yeah, you know problem dog yep uh i i'm i don't know i, I don't so do you think the stray dog could represent daryl i think it could i mean it's one badass dog and daryl's one badass dude that's true the badass angle if you throw yeah. in the real life badass chops at this animal maybe <laughs> that's all i got except for spoilers okay well let's wrap up the show and then we'll do some spoilers. if you'd like to send us feedback do so at walking dead at baldmove.com you can follow us always our live threads at facebook.com slash baldmove or twitter at Bald Move, not the greatest place to get your feedback considered yet um, because we traditionally just pretty much pulled that off of email. So I find yeah. some people frustrated because they sent me private messages. And I do, like, correspond and respond, but I'd never think to pull that in my notes. Maybe when we yeah. actually get to working on this full time, I'll do a better job of that. But Yeah, I think we both pretty much always respond on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to do that, go through social media. If you really want to get on the show, email. That's yeah, the best that's way. That's the best way. Um, Remember, uh, if you want to, the first section of spoilers is just going to be a transcript of the closed captioning for the episode claimed. Okay. Uh, so if you consider that a spoiler, then shut off now. If not, I'll tell you when to fuck off at the end of that. All right. And is that else it? we'll see on the other side of spoiler music. Yeah, definitely. See you next week after the episode for the Instant Cast. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Bye.
spoiler section. Let's do the uh, non-spoiler spoiler first. <laughs> George from Brooklyn provides some closed captioning of the claimed episode where the conversation downstairs where Rick is lying in bed. Uh, man says, I'm sorry. Man 2 says, you're a coward. You're a lying coward. That's all you'll ever be. Man, no, please don't do this. We can work this out. Man 2, this ain't your business. Shut up. It's going to happen. Man 3, you planning on finishing the job? Man 2, yeah. Man 4, I'm getting an earache. I know he's just going to let his ass squeal. Man 3, after what he did, the man deserves to bleed. Man 4, y'all stay down there if you want. Now, after this part is where the talk uh, I can't catch, but someone made a transcript out of it. Someone says, because the uh, I guess it's not even good enough for uh, closed captioning, uh, but someone says, son of a bitch, but we can't tell which one it is. Man was, says, you shouldn't have drawn that knife, surely. Then there's something about all the power in that bow, but it's all dampened by Rick's rushing around and breathing. Mm-hmm. You can also hear them say the name Kavanaugh. Uh, do you, we, does anyone know what Kavanaugh might be? No, I don't. Then something about food, socks, and sleeping bags. Something about one time off or only buddy. Following by the words rape and condoms mixed in. Uh, the footsteps didn't get too loud and drowned after, uh, out the words. But then we get one final, uh, quote uh man one says we're moving out and some jumbling clean up your mess farley uh so um george says this is where it gets dark but we know rick's timeline is ahead of daryl and beth's could the bow and mention of a one-time offer be a conversation between daryl and his new gang that's not a bad guess uh hmm so you think it sounds like maybe Daryl tried to take these guys out, and then they like choked him out or something, and, and now they've got him captured, or wasn't they want a... him to torture somebody, and they don't think he will. Uh, wasn't there a gunshot towards the end of there? I thought so. I don't. The only gunshot I remember is when the walkers busted out of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. The walker busted out of the bathroom. I mean, it could be, and that would be very interesting. It would give that uh, a whole new light. Yeah. That's a layer that you put that on there. It's really cool. Um, but so far we don't have any proof other than what we got here. If they mention a bow, but there was a dude fairly, there was at least one dude in, in tennis oh, balls group that had a compound, like a bow. real bow. He yeah. was a bow man, not <laughs> yeah. a crossbow. Man. I, I noticed that they, they wouldn't let him aim the bow at Daryl because he had the, the thing drawn or right. drawn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so like he slips up and he could actually shoot Norman Reedus. So like they had, you know, him pointing at the ground. Huh. It's interesting. Like Whereas get... with the crossbow, you could take out the firing mechanism and right. I suppose. I don't or, know. Or put I a plate like on the back the, of it like and disguise do, it. I feel like you can do the same thing. Um, because Probably. I've looked in this like movie prop. Cause now it's like, you know, it's when you get into firearms, you start noticing how bad the firearm stunts are. Mm, yeah. Holy shit, when you get an archery, you realize how sh- fucking stupid the archery is. Hmm. Like, I've been watching shit like 300, and <laughs> uh, and some of these things, like, you can actually see it on camera. Like, the guys shoot the arrows, and half of them go forward like three feet. <laughs> because they're using these ridiculously low draw weights for safety reasons, and also it's, yeah. it's really hard to hold back a traditional bow. Oh, yeah. Because, you're, you know, it's like if it's a 75-pound bow, you're holding back 75 pounds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. 
But it feels like they could they could make a a fake bow or like a fake draw weight or well, what, you know, what do you in a bow? Or, yeah, I mean, probably uh, an arrow. An arrow. What do you think about this idea that Daryl could be in there? I mean, do you think it's likely based on that conversation? Uh, I don't know because the thing is, what would it change? Rick and Michonne and them leave. Mm-hmm. We know that it would just be interesting texture for. You know, if we saw them down there in, like, episode seven and this dialogue repeats, it would just be kind of an interesting layer of texture, I guess. Sure. And I think, you know, it could add to this theme of Daryl being alone because he's so close to Rick, Michonne, and Carl. It also, and none of them know it. It also could show us what kind of guys we're dealing with and how hard it's going to be for Daryl because we're talking about, you know, raping yeah. and killing people. I mean, even if it was just choking somebody out for a bed. Yeah. That's pretty harsh. I think but... Daryl could do that. <laughs> okay. That's my bad. Uh, we, got, you out. we got anything else to talk about? Uh, in the non-spoiler spoiler section? No. I'm, All right. So if you don't want to hear any more comics slash show spoilers, you should shut off the message. You should shut off the shut off the whole internet. Shut off the podcast <laughs> now. Uh, I'm just going to babble on a little bit to give you opportunity to do that in case you've fallen asleep, which I guess happens from time to time listening mm-hmm. to our podcast. Uh, you want to turn it off now because I want to get in some speculation. Okay. A lot of people uh, had to delete a lot of people's comments on Facebook this week because people can't t- stop talking about the fucking hunters. Oh, and, yeah. Those cannibals. Huh? The probability that the hunters are the ones that abducted um, Beth. So would it be a good idea for the hunters to roll around in what looks like a first aid vehicle? Sure, why not? I think it would be. I think it would be an awesome idea if you're trying to eat people. Uh, A, you find people who are, you know, looking for other people. And B, these people are probably already hurt. So they're easy to capture and to eat. <laughs> right. No, I... So that would be pretty cool. I could see that happening. Um, I just think that... I don't think Tennis Ball is the Hunter's. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any affiliation between tennis ball and what you call the hearse, the first aid hearse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the meta hearse. I, I just can't see it combining. And I'm also just concerned that – well, not concerned, maybe hopeful that that some of this end of the season talk that we thought might have been um, Negan and his group is actually going to be introducing the hunters instead. Because the other thing is, I don't. I think the whole point of the hunters was to show how good Rick's group had gotten, and when they, you know, that they were the equal in a positive way from any of the the scumbag apocalyptic groups, mm-hmm. which then later led to Rick being way overconfident dealing with Negan because he finally met a group of assholes that was well-organized and dedicated to their assholery as him and his group was to virtuously surviving. Yeah. And led him to make a lot of stupid decisions. And I think that was kind of the lesson there. Um, So I don't think you can have one without the other, and that's what I was worried about. So maybe Mm -hmm. this savagery is going to be our introduction to the hunters, and we don't get to the safe zone. We don't get the terminus yet. The group gets together and meets on the way, but they have to deal with this, and that's going to be the – that's going to be the cliffhanger for this season and mm-hmm. uh, a nice climactic arc for episodes three through whatever of next season leading up to the safe zone and setting that up for some, you know, that's 
Yeah, I like that, it, especially given what Sasha says about how far away Terminus looks. Yeah, and the fact that we don't have enough time to exactly. introduce the Hunters and the Terminus and Negan. There's yeah. just not enough. There's only three episodes left. Uh, if you watch the uh, teaser stuff for this season, for this next episode, we know it's going to largely be about Carol and Tyrese and the fucking girls. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and... But we've got two really good directors coming up with the next two episodes. And Michelle McLaren finishing things. She's known above all else for her <laughs> skill in directing action. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there is some the, – the, the initial skirmish with the Hunters or we find out ominously what's happened to Beth or – you know. Yeah, from what you've described, I really don't want them to skip the Hunters. I think it sounds like a – like you said, it's the one, it's the one and the one-two punch, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that you could do either or or and or or neither, but the one leads to the other. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. Having said that, we get the dash from California says, "I think the hunter's plot is developing because in the comic, Dale is the one who is eaten uh, and who is no longer alive. The next obvious choice is going to be Tyrese." He's kind of taken on the Dale role of questioning the morality of certain actions or the inhumanity of the world, such as his reluctance to kill walkers at the fence at the prison. Now he has a wound whose origin is unclear, and we know that Daryl gets the last laugh on the hunters in the comic book because he's quote-unquote tainted. Since Tyrese has already outlived his comic book version, I say he's the tainted meat that will be eaten. Hopefully he takes out a few hunters before that. I've already talked Mm -hmm. about my take on that. What do you think, Jim? Um... I guess, I mean, I can't think of a Dale equivalent in any significant way at this point. It was Herschel, um, but he's obviously gone. As far as Tyrese being that, I I mean, I don't see why not. He just doesn't seem to be in the same league as, like, a Dale or a Herschel as far as, like, hope and caring about stuff. And Sure. He's really just about his dead girlfriend, Karen. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on then. Sure. Chris from Massachusetts says, I just want to share my thoughts on a possible route the show could go with Beth's abduction. The cross in the back of the car immediately made me think of Gabriel returning home from a supply run and seeing a frightened Beth running for her life. Replace the church. He hold himself up with a funeral home and take the makeup walkers as his way of reporting for his sins of locking the parishioners uh, out in fear of them turning and killing him in the time of the apocalypse. And you have a slightly new way of introducing an old character. That's also a strong take. It makes a lot of sense. I have not read that in the comics, and I don't know really much about the Gabriel character at all. So he's a cowardly he's a... priest yeah, he's that a priest. locked himself in a church rather than give his parishioners shelter. Okay. Um, I don't know that the cross in that back is a Christian cross, though. It is not. Uh, I can almost say that with certainty, that it is not. Yeah. I'm not a Christian myself, so I'm not an authority on such matters, but... I have seen a cross from time to time. I didn't. God, has it nobody? Is there anybody who hasn't seen a cross? Like a religious cross? I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, so that would be awesome, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be a priest. It can be, as he said, a mortician. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it could be that Beth is not in any danger at all. Uh, Chris from Massachusetts. Wait, just did Chris from Massachusetts. Uh, the guy who loves it when they call them big pasta. 
<laughs> says he offers a bit of specul or I'm offering a bit of speculation on where I think the show is headed. The separate stories have happened out of order, and I have a feeling the show will pull a Pulp Fiction moment on us sometime in the next couple episodes. The first time I felt like this could be the direction the sh- uh, could be the direction the show is headed when I saw the close up of the shoe that Beth is sobbing over. That happened at the beginning of episode nine. In the next scene, Tyrese and the girls walked by, and we had an intentional shot of the shoe that Mika was wearing that appeared to be the same color. This left me wondering why it hadn't paid off or why we haven't seen Carl Tyrese group since their episode. And it was only after Daryl met up with the home invaders that I realized that we may have be setting up for a huge Pulp Fiction-like moment. Could it be that Mika suffered an awful fate at the hands of the Lizzie Walker and the show has um, and the show was left for Daryl and Beth to stumble upon? And since the story is out of sync, possibly Daryl was with the home invaders uh, during Rick's suspenseful under the bed moment. Some popular support building for that. How ironic would it be if the most beloved character in the show is killed by the walker Rick released from the bathroom? <laughs> oh, man. That would be ironic. I don't buy the Mika shoe because the way they staged and set up that episode makes me believe that, yes, they're playing fast and lose the plot, but either Daryl and Beth got there. Be- I mean – what what would bring Tyrese and them back to that section of the track? That exact same section that those dudes died. Yeah, so when he meets up with Carol, they're at that section. Yes. I assume they walk off. Yes. Why would they backtrack? And we already saw right. Daryl and Beth finding the berries that they'd eaten or whatever. They found yeah. the dead bunnies. So we know that it's not before then. I, I just don't see how the timing if, – if if it comes out like that, I'm, I want to say that it's going to be more me being annoyed that they really did a poor job editing that episode hmm. okay. um, and or writing and or directing and, and blocking it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to rule it out, but it seems unlikely based on the timeline. But I do, I do think the overall theme that there's some Pulp Fiction moments ahead for us could be yeah. accurate, and that's the oh, beauty yeah. of playing with a fragmented group. You can do stuff like that. Sure. That's you have it. Anything else? Okay. That's it, man. All right, then let's call it a cast. Shall cast we? Cast is called. You're a cast podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, then I'm Jim. I'll see you guys next uh, week after the episode. Yep. Bye.